We spend too much time listening to the terrible negative thoughts roaming around in our heads. Self-talk is positive. This is a chance to do more of it. This is Jacob's Affirmations. Welcome back to Jacob's Affirmations. Thank you so much for joining me once again. I love hearing from you guys. It is a big deal. Today we have a special guest, a man who has been extremely impactful in my life. I am so blessed. You only get one father, and I got the right one. Author David Espy, my father, David Espinoza, thank you so much for uh, making time to talk. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited about this. Yes, you're uh, doing a great job as an author in Oregon. And uh, what I really wanted to talk about today is how impactful making decisions, making positive decisions are um, for your life, but then also for the the people around you, for our, our listeners at home. And so, um, Dad, like I grew up in such a different environment than you did because of your decision to, to make a positive change in your life, um, where we had so many things. We were blessed. We were fortunate. We could go on vacations. We had a very comfortable um, setting at home. But kind of t- talk a little bit about your childhood and what that was like. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, um, I was raised back in Texas, and it was in the North Panhandle, uh, Dinnett, Texas. And North Panhandle is uh, bordering the Oklahoma state, so it's around up in that area. And my family, we had a big family. We had six kids in our family. We were we lived in poverty, actually. I, came, I was raised in the ghetto, uh, so to speak, uh, blacks and, and Hispanics, pretty much. A dangerous neighborhood, uh, but at, at the same time, there were a lot of good people there as well. And I think uh, my dad really set such an example for me because, you know, not only did we live, live in poverty, but I, uh, due to a life-changing accident that I had at five years old, that just changed my life as a young kid, you know, uh, and then and then pretty much I was alone a lot because of getting bullied, and so to speak, uh, in school, grade school, middle school. And my dad was there with me a lot, and my mom was there with me a lot. I wasn't allowed to do a lot of things because, you know, I had recovered from this accident, and I went to the hospital for three months and came back later on. And uh, my dad would tell me, do this. And I said, Dad, Dad, I can't do that. And he said, no, yes, you can, yes, you can. So and mostly it had to do with cars. You know, one time, you know, I was like, I don't know, I was like eight years old at the time, I think, and he said, Go warm up the car for me, you know, and I said, I can't do that, Dad. Yes, you can. Let me show you. So he would bring me out there, and he'd actually show me how to put the key in and, and then turn the key and then start the car and then put it in neutral or park. And so every morning he would ask me to go warm up the car, and then that's how it started. And so my dad actually um, believed more in, in, in me than I believed in myself as a young kid, and so I started Getting under the, I didn't enjoy working on cars, but my dad wanted me to get under the car with him because I was normally with him, and that was to go out and about. Yeah. Uh, so I learned how to work on cars and all that. Uh, so and then as as time passed, fast forward to junior high, um, I discovered that to fit in with my peers, I, I had to master my skill sets, and I played three sports and became a really good athlete. But it was sports that was my counseling, my medicine. Um, that, you know, I felt accepted at, at the school that I went to. And so I think um, I think that's why I like the stuff I do, uh, inspiring sports because my whole life, that's what really saved me. 
And I think that it's a, I think it's just crazy to think about being that young and in a hospital for three months with, I know your, your family was there a lot for you, but just to kind of have that be kind of the, uh, the experience you have right before you go through another major part of any child's life, which, which is when you're entering school and you're starting to kind of yeah. get that taste of independence and just, just kind of having the, uh, that be the entry is just, it's hard to really get perspective on how that would, would impact somebody. And it's, I love hearing how intentional your dad was about making sure that you knew like, you know, you can do this. I'm going to show you how to do it. And then you guys end up moving to Oregon as you got older. And I'm curious, like after high school, I know the decision to go to college was not what your family did. It's not what you guys were known for. It wasn't the tradition. So how did you break the cycle and kind of really decide like, exactly. what, what was that like? Um, yeah, well, first of all, it was in 1976 we came to, to Oregon. Um, I, my dad decided to pack us up and move to Oregon, and I had just established a career in sports, um, some colleges after me and everything, and I had started to fit in because of the hard work that I put in to be accepted and to be somebody in Dimmit. I was like a football celebrity in Dimmit by that time, especially with a field goal kicking and punting in football. Um, but anyway, so then after that sophomore year, my family – packed up and moved, I didn't get a chance to say goodbye to anybody because we didn't have iPhones back there. It was, you know, <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't have a phone or anything. And so anyway, uh, fast forward to Oregon. We, we arrived at, in Oregon, Jervis, Oregon, um, small town, and that changed my whole life. Um, I started um, meeting people, and I was really not very social. I mean, I was still focused on, uh, you know, I dealt with a lot of things as a, as a young teenager, with my parents and stuff, and, you know, people kind of knew there was something wrong with me, but I had to deal with that, but I found a way to overcome all that. Um, so anyway, um, there was a lot of people that I learned from. Uh, there were some wealthy people. You know, I came from poverty. I, I made friends with wealthy people, and, and I always asked questions. How did your dad get that house? How did your dad get that car? Wow. How? And all I heard is, you know, he went to... Well, back in Texas, he went to the University of Texas or something. And then in Oregon, well, he went to the University of Oregon or, or Oregon State, got a degree in, you know, whatever. And, you know, so I started getting this thing in my head that education was something that was going to get me out of poverty. Because when we came to Oregon, we were pretty much homeless. And uh, in Jersey, we rented a house for like uh, $250 a month that was falling apart. And then we actually got, almost got evicted, but we lived in the projects for a while. And in the meantime, I kept just studying, trying to learn as much as I could. I met my high school sweetheart there, and she was such a such a blessing to me. Because she started introducing to me uh, many subjects in school, uh, what I could do, with it, you know, what kind of careers were out there. And, and I myself was a believer that the only thing that was getting going to get me out of poverty was getting an education and finding a job that paid good money. And that's where my mindset started going after I graduated high school. So uh, sure enough, I, I said, I don't want to live the way I lived back in Texas because it was not easy. I mean, it was really rough. I mean, there was times where we didn't have food. I'd come home from school. But for me, it wasn't just that. I mean, I, I could deal with that because my brother and sisters made it fun to, to live there with them. We played games and kind of occupy ourselves, entertain ourselves. But um, but I did not want to live with people calling me that they, you know, like debtors, credit card people. Because my mom would charge a Christmas gift because they couldn't afford to buy us any. They end up paying the credit card the rest of the year. And so I didn't want to live that kind of life. I didn't want my family, my kids, if I had kids in the future, I didn't want them to have that kind of life. I wanted to provide for them. I wanted to, I wanted to be somebody. And it goes way back to the Texas day when I became a really good athlete. 
I wanted to be somebody, and I worked hard, years of practice. <laughs> so some people would say, man, I can't believe how lucky you are. You kicked that ball so well. Well, it was years of practice. It wasn't just overnight. It was years of practice. And my brother and I we would practice in the dirt road every day to try to get that spiral on the football and, and punt it as far as we could or kick it as far as we could. And it was day, and then, and sure enough, uh, my dream came true as a varsity player. We only played two years of pro football. I mean, all that came true because of my hard work. But as far as uh, me believing in myself, uh, going to, I just had to get out of my comfort zone. So you know, and, and my dad wasn't really a, a a huge supporter. He wanted me to go work with him, you know, and support the family. My mom was the one that really was a huge supporter of my education. She said, you know, don't listen to your daddy. Get into school. Yeah. Study, get learn as much as you can. Because I think she knew. Yeah, she kind of saw the vision, what, it sounds like. Yeah, exactly. Because I, cause I was actually reading automobile automobile annual, or manuals for my dad. He would ask me, can you read this? Tell me what it says. Cause I don't, so he would put uh, put those parts together on a transmission. He would have me read those, and then I would I started explaining to him, Dad, no, this goes first, not this. It says right here. And so then that's why he started you know, asking me to help him more and more with auto because he knew I could read gotcha. and I could understand. Yeah. And so that's kind of how I started um, so yeah, but unfortunately, my dad wasn't didn't have the passion I did. I had a passion for sports, and he had a passion for cars, and it just wasn't going to work. But I still love my dad, and he taught me so much just out of completing things, being successful, making things right. If he put a door in, it had to be just right. It could it couldn't be an inch off, or it had to be right. So he'd do it over and over till it was complete. And so I think he set that example for me to be perfect and to, to make it right, always do the right things. And so I really appreciate that about my dad and my mom. They both uh, raised me to be a, a decent person and to be good to people and to, you know, never do anything against the law. And so despite being raised in a rough neighborhood, I kind of picked up on that. Uh, so, yeah, it, 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 I, I owe my parents quite a bit for that. They sacrificed a lot for me and made it possible for me to go to college, which I'm very grateful because they really worked hard to feed six kids. Yeah, so, yeah, I just went for it, and I said, you know, but the first thing I did is I went to the college and, and talked to a counselor and asked them, I need to, I'm need. i looking for a job that's going to pay me a lot of money, and it's going to be secure in the future, because gotcha. I didn't want to end up laid off or anything yeah. like that, and my dad, you know, lost some jobs because they, they cut him, uh, and so, yeah, they said, you know, with the computer fields wide open, there's a huge demand, and then even today still is a huge demand, but um, I picked up my night, like, okay, well, let me take some of those classes, see how I like it. And sure enough, I mean, I, I actually, I didn't love it. I didn't have time for it, but I could do it, and, I, and it was okay. Yeah. And the money was good. So I, I went for it. I didn't want to go back to the poverty life. I wanted to escape that. And because I made that decision to just bounce out of my comfort zone, you know, I got a degree in computer science, and here I am retired. You know, I retired at age 55, and I'm a full-time author. And, and all the stories I write are due to uh, finding inspiration from my life especially my, my childhood life, bouncing out of that obstacle, intense hurdles. I mean, you can't imagine. I mean, a lot of people say, oh, yeah, my family came up in poor environment, too, and we went through all that. But, they, but then when they listen to, to me and when I tell them, yeah, but did your family go through this? Poverty and now a life-changing accident that pretty much isolated you in the hospital for months, and then you, you forget about how your, your brothers and sisters look. You know, I couldn't remember what they looked like, I, you know, and I thought I was abandoned. Yeah. But anyway, I, I overcame all that, and, and I know that just having that will to, to be somebody, to, to fit in, and then just to set an example to other people that if I did it, you can do it too. 
even today when I talk to middle schools or whatever, I always encourage those kids to get into college because if I did it, they can too. Yep. I mean, you just got to go for it. Make that decision. Commit yourself. I and follow it. through. That's big. And I, I think the, uh, the reason I really wanted to have you tell the story on the podcast is just as an example uh-huh. of how big and how important it is for us to make positive decisions with our lives. Because it's not just about us, right? It's like, of course, you had personally had benefits, but the ripple effects uh-huh. are crazy. Because now me and my brother, we are in better positions in our life because of the decision you made, because of the hard work that you, you put in. And so I really take it as my responsibility to do the same. Like, how do I make sure that this mentality is paid forward across generations, you know, where we keep this going? And even though, like, when I was younger, I didn't really appreciate it. And I know I was, you know, going through hard times and I I, I came across ungrateful, you know, as a kid. Yeah, um, yeah you're learning. Like, yeah. Absolutely. I was learning kind of part of the process and now reflecting, I can really understand, like, how big that is. And I think like a similar situation yeah. for people who maybe their their dad started a business, you know what I mean, and really like went through mm-hmm. put everything on the line to make something work, so now that the their kids um, can have the fruits of that labor, and how important Absolutely. it is to even if you're not shown gratif- gratitude in the moment, understand that like positive decisions go a long ways. Yeah, exactly. And I, for me, I mean, like I said, I wanted the best for you guys. Um, I know that I stress education strongly for you guys. I stress sports strongly because I learned so many things in sports that you can't learn and, and other, you know, and other things. And I know that it's like one of those things that I wanted you guys to be perfect. Like my dad wanted me to be perfect at a lot of things, even with, with the cars, you know, and stuff. Um, but, um, yeah, it was it was so important for me, for you guys to not live a life that I lived. And I think that was my main, my main focus because I, I loved you guys and I wanted you to have even better than I had, you know. And I, I know that I'm not perfect and I made some mistakes. If I had, were to do it over, I'd probably maybe approach a little bit different. But, I mean, I did the best I could. But I know that I, I tried to set example to you guys going to work every day and then, you know, like I, went, I stressed that I went to college, you need to get into college. You know, sports can pay for your college. Trying to just introduce a lot of uh, things for you guys, and then I, you know, Jake, I know that uh, you and Matt were both a little bit different, and I, I know that you were more social, and I know that you were making mistakes. But you know, I learned that I just had to allow you to, to make those mistakes and just be there for you. You know, as a parent, when I started doing that, it's when things really coming uh, started coming around between uh, between you and I because I realized that I was just telling you. But you can't do you can't do this instead of just listening to you and, and you know listening to what you wanted you know because really I, I really didn't support the hip-hop uh, recording artist back in the days but then when I realized the passion you had for it and I had just you know just lose myself on what I wanted for you and just let you support you what you want to do and then that's when when I really feel things started changing for it when I started supporting you in your, in your passion which I'm glad I did I'm glad it went to all those concerts it was really cool <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was fun. I, I'd really try to uh, to be intentional about that with my kids now as far as letting them, you know, explore things. It's good to introduce to them um, different things, but then as they get older, they will find their own passions, and that's when it's harder as a parent to let go and support them. And a lot of parents, the mistake they make is they want the kids to love what they love. Yeah. And that's hard, but as parents, we need to understand as they, they grow up and start getting to junior high and high school, they're going to follow something different, whether it's music, whether it's rodeoing, whether it's sports. 
it doesn't matter what it is. I, well, we as parents have to accept that, and we have to just support them in that, no matter what it is. And, you know, that's kind of how I feel about it now. Cool. Dad, thank you so much for uh, for taking the time and, and be a part of the, the podcast. I, I really appreciate it. I love you so much. And everybody can, can check him out, davidsb.com, at author David SB on both Twitter and Instagram. So check him out there. You can find me, like always, at Mr. Jacob SB, Twitter and Instagram. We will see you guys tomorrow. Have a good day.